0: This is Tom Shrewsbury with Reflections for the Covenant Network. Have you ever stopped to think about how many of our great cities were named after saints of the Church? Sometimes in the hurly-burly activities and fast-paced world in which we live, we accept the names without a thought, and yet they have the honor to represent someone holy. Let's just name a few. Do we really think or even remotely consider What that name represents. For example, San Francisco, Saint Francis, then there's San Antonio, Saint Anthony. How about Saint Paul or Saint Louis? Los Angeles, the City of Angels, Santa Clara, Saint Clair, San Bernardino, Saint Bernard, and the list goes on. Well that might make a good party game sometime. We don't always hear too much about how the church and its holy people have played such an important role in today's world. There's an awful lot of people out there wanting to take the word God out of our everyday life and heritage, removing nativity scenes at Christmas, taking God's commandments out of public buildings, forbidding prayer and schools. Well, the list goes on and on. You can name your own. I think it's a fact that those who espouse these ideas really just make more noise than we do. And maybe it's time for us to be a little more vocal. We have a right to God, but we don't seem to make enough noise. We, we sometimes forget the contributions of so many in making our country what it is today. Then there are phrases, descriptions that have the same roots. For example, California is often referred to as the golden state. Ever wonder how all of this came about as well as the efforts of those who labored to make this country grow? I sometimes wonder how many lawyers from the ACLU will be remembered a hundred years from now. But we can learn from those, those dedicated souls whose examples and accomplishments live on and as a great testament to the legacies of many people of God, whose contributions to the growth of our country can never be forgotten or taken for granted. Well, in a way, that's our story for today. One such man who helped California be known as the Golden State, Our story begins way back in 1749 on the island of Mallorca. A baby was born whose contributions are remembered to this day, so many years later. The baby boy was named Miguel Serra. He was a very small boy who had a great love for music and received his early schooling from the Franciscans on the island of Mallorca and developed a great appreciation of the arts. As he grew... He helped his father in the fields and enjoyed visiting his parish church, which was located in the same block in which he grew up in a typical, modest little two-story home. Very plain and very simple. He, He loved attending church and particularly loved the music. Although very small in stature, he could usually outchant anyone around him. And because of his brightness and ability, as time went on, he entered the university at Palma, which was about seven hours distant from his home. He was around 15 years of age at the time. And as he was taught by the Franciscans, his admiration and respect of that order grew. The Franciscans were good teachers, and Miguel felt close to them because of the hours he had spent with them, and particularly his love for their Gregorian chants. Even as a boy at home, he first started developing a yearning to becoming a Franciscan. Recognized that the order was calling him at just the age of 16 or thereabouts, he asked permission to join the Franciscan order, but was told You are too short. You cannot be old enough. Another problem he faced was that his small stature made it very difficult for him to read from the lectern. And when he could see to read, it was often difficult to see him. Well, I'm sure there were those who wondered how a young man with such a small and insignificant appearance could ever accomplish much but history would prove them wrong, very wrong. However, the canon of the cathedral knew his correct age, and so in his sixteenth year, he was welcomed into the order of St. Francis as a novice. He entered the Franciscan order, and for his religious name, he took the name of the beloved original companion of St. Francis himself, Brother Juniper, who would also be raised to sainthood later. So Miguel José Serra would later be known as Padre Juniper Sara, or of course, as they said in Spanish, Junipero Sara, and he became a priest. And so his story begins. As he progressed in his religious order and Before his ordination, because of his knowledge and innate abilities that were soon recognized, he was appointed lector of philosophy. And because of the great distance from his home to Palma, his parents were never able to visit him, and so Juniper Serra would console himself in reading and learning about the great exploits of Franciscan missionaries, and he would lean his head back and dream the impossible dream that perhaps just perhaps he too could be one of those missionaries but he was so small how could he ever accomplish what they did after all he was only about 5 feet 2 inches tall after his ordination he received a doctorate of theology from the university of palma where he would distinguish himself for the next 20 years In a conversation with one of his students, Francisco Palou, he discovered that they both shared a dream of becoming missionaries in the New World, an area that was far away on a different continent where there lived native tribes that had never heard of a man named Jesus Christ. This was to be their shared dream, to bring the word of God to these dear people half a world away in a place called Mexico. They asked their superiors for permission to become missionaries and were told very simply, no. Missionaries were hard at work in northern Mexico and the land seemed filled with promise all the way northward. Theirs was a dream that would not fade and die away, so for the next ten years they kept a steady stream of requests to become missionaries to the new world. Now we have to recognize the importance and prestige of the position that Father Juniper held. It would be very unusual for someone in that prestigious a position, as well as the security it provided, to give it all up for the unknown dangers and uncertainty of the future, plus the ten years he spent preaching on Majorca, and about an equal amount of time teaching philosophy and theology on the island. Now, in the world of that day, It seems that Russia was expanding their gold southward toward Alaska, and this, in the view of the Spanish, could be a threat to their colonies further to the south, in an area that would later have the name of California, where missionaries had planned to go. Hearing about this, Juniper and Francisco again requested permission, and again their request was denied. Providence has a way of working things out, though, things that should be. Then the Franciscan superiors received a message that some of the missionaries in that Mexican area of the world had left for other destinations seems that they had seen strange ships on the horizon, and they were enduring strong storms and high waves and things that threatened their areas, and so they were relocating to somewhere else. The area was under Spanish rule, and the missionaries were important because they helped Spain lay claim to the area. And Spain now was requesting missionaries to replace those who had left. And here was Father Juniper and Francisco, who were ready, willing, and able. Plus, they had been requesting this assignment over the past ten years, a great lesson in determination. And during this time, Francisco was also ordained a priest so their prayers were to be answered. They were finally given permission, and gathering their few possessions began the long and dangerous journey to the new world, and indeed the journey was to be long and dangerous. On the first leg of the trip, the ship's captain hated priests, and one night in a drunken stupor he put his dagger to the throat of Judah Sarah, then As if a mystical presence stopped him, he quietly put away his knife. And that wasn't the only problem on the journey. Storms were to be encountered that were so violent that the ships were tossed about in the raging seas as, as if they were toys. It seemed very likely that some malevolent force was trying their best to prevent their arrival in the new world. "'Someone asked Father Juniper "'if he was afraid. "'He said, "'Perhaps a little, "'but on future reflection "'of where they were going, "'what they hoped to accomplish, "'and the purpose of their mission, "'he became calm "'and prayed to St. Barbara "'for her intercession. "'And the great winds abated "'and the seas became calm "'as the ship had a, a smooth sailing "'the rest of the way to Mexico. "'When they landed,' Their destination was Mexico City, 250 miles away. Father Juniper was given a mule to ride on the journey, but he remembered the example of the founders of his order, Francis of Assisi, who was offered a mule to ride, but refused the offer, and walked instead, reiterating the words of the great St. Francis, who didn't want to burden his good friend, the mule. The overland trip, as you can imagine, was long and arduous, and strange events were to greet the two missionaries as they trekked their way toward Mexico City. But they took comfort, always praying for God's assistance and the belief that He would provide the means to reach their destination. At one point, they reached a big river dangerously overflowing its banks and just about impossible to cross. As they looked upon the broad expanse of water suddenly a man appeared and led them to where they could safely cross. On such a long journey on foot they reached a point where they had run out of food and water but they kept going until well they were so weak and so weak that they were on the verge of dropping from exhaustion. When another man suddenly appeared with the nourishment they needed to restore their energy and the water to help them to be able to forge on ahead. But the long trek took its toll on Father Juniper, a walk across Mexico, the many miles, the wear and tear on his feet and legs, but that wasn't the worst part. Somewhere along the way he had been bitten by what is now thought to have been a mosquito, causing a serious infection on his lower left leg that was to become painfully infected. And that bite and subsequent infection would never heal and be with him for the remainder of his life. Wherever he went and whatever he did, the pain and infection remained. And finally, despite all the problems they had encountered on the sea and on the land, they reached their destination of Mexico City. Life was not easy there either. Father Juniper was assigned a bare cell where he spent many hours studying, learning how to communicate with the native tribes, their their language as well as their customs. In his mind, they were to become his children and he was filled with the longing to be able to introduce them to God. And for the next 20 years, Father Juniper happily spent his days working with the Indians whom he had grown to love, and he became famous as a most fervent and effective preacher of missions and and sermons. At the age of 56, He was called upon to play a critical role in the settlement and colonization of what was one day to become the state of California and to be responsible for a chain of missions that would stretch all the way from San Diego to north of San Francisco. He was finally able to realize the fullness of his dream to bring God to those... to those who were then living in wilderness and again he chose to walk. There were first destinations along the way that were difficult. One was a village where the language of the two missionaries was not understood. Different dialects in different places but Father Juniper was a quick study and was finally able to communicate with them as he slowly was able to introduce them to the wonders The Catholic faith. He tried to teach by example, to bring new skills to the people in the villages, even the women whom he taught how to weave, to knit, and to sew. He was in that area for seven years and built a church where the people could go to worship and be near God, and his limp was always with him as he went. Never idle, He helped carry heavy beams and was never too good to do the work himself when it was necessary. He was quite an example when we become impatient and want to do things too fast and too soon. I can't help but think about about many of today's young people and the words of that Pepsi commercial from years back when they talked about the now generation, getting things now, doing things now, having things now. Well, the years passed, but he was never idle or took time to rest or to have a fun vacation. It took him nearly 40 years to reach the place in life that he wanted to be but the results were worth the wait. He went from village to village, teaching the wonders of God, even though his legs were often so swollen that he was barely able to stand, much less walk. But onward he went. When we study the life of someone like Father Juniper, can we really imagine how great were the difficulties he faced, not just now and then, but the magnitude of what he saw every single day. And how, how can we not be impressed with the difficulties these people faced on a daily basis, not now and then, but every single day. And can we not be equally impressed with the determination and staunchness of purpose that they faced the dawn of each new day as they kept moving forward, ever forward, strong in their faith? I can't help but wonder how I would have fared facing the challenges that were part of his everyday life. Although separated by different assignments, many years passed, And Juniper's friend and companion on the trip to Mexico, Father Francisco, finally caught up with him. He described the event in his diary. He wrote, and I quote, When I saw him and his swollen foot and leg with the ulcer, I could not keep back the tears when I thought of how much he still had to suffer on the rough and different trails. Many of his associates would try to persuade Juniper to go back and rest, but he was steadfast in his determination to move ever forward, establishing new churches and new missions. When they tried to have him return, he would say, Even if I die on the road, I will not go back. You can bury me here. And so he continued on limping always, but not slowing down, always following his dream, and never stopped caring. At one point, as Juniper and his small group moved northward, they noticed an Indian following in their footsteps. It soon became apparent that he was spying on him, and they detained him, and the Indian admitted to Juniper that he and his small group were being watched, and the Indian's job was to lead an ambush and kill them all. Juniper saw that the man seemed tired and hungry, so he saw that he was fed and made comfortable. And moved by the care and kindness of Father Juniper, the native also saw to it that they were not ambushed and made certain they were allowed to move northward. Through hardships and suffering, Father Juniper established more missions, and more and more tribal groups were being introduced to God and Jesus Christ. And building more churches along the way, Juniper was always there doing the hard jobs, teaching and limping as he went. More and more missions were built. Carmel, Capistrano, all the way northward past San Francisco. As we mentioned, not everyone was happy to have a visit from Father Juniper and his little band. At at one point, the Spaniards and Juniper were being attacked with arrows, flying wildly in the air. Of course, there was no question that they were not only outnumbered, but they were also not returning the fire. Suddenly, Juniper held up a picture of the Virgin Mary, and the arrows stopped suddenly. The tribesmen had never seen anything so beautiful. They crept closer to look at the picture, and then laid down their arrows and ran away. Well, things were never easy, and always on foot, Juniper and his band continued continued still further northward, meeting and overcoming obstacle after obstacle, always farther north. By now, Juniper was becoming more and more frail, but now he had established missions too at Carmel, Mission San Gabriel, Mission San Luis Obispo, Mission San Juan Capistrano, Mission San Francisco, Mission Santa Clara, and others along the way. And... All along the way, in chapel and church, the people were being taught. Not just about God, but Jupiter was interested in not only their spiritual welfare, but their temporal welfare as well. So, as he carried his mission northward, he taught them what he had learned working in the fields as a boy in Majorca so many years before. He was bringing them the seeds of a new industry and taught them how to plant them and how to cultivate them and how to grow them to maturity. After all, the weather and climate in California was very similar to his native Majorca. And what did he teach them to grow and produce? How to use irrigation? It was oranges, lemons, figs, the same kind he grew at home. And in years to come, California would be known as the Golden State, Father Juniper's Oranges. The missions would not have succeeded or lasted had they not been also taught how to live by the land. And Father Juniper's old friend and former student and companion, Father Francisco, came to visit him again at Mission San Carlos Borromeo. Of course, this provided great happiness for Father Juniper, who was all smiles through his pain and weakness. After a pleasant visit in the afternoon, Father Juniper said it was time for a siesta. Later in the day, Father Francisco came in to check on his friend, only to find that Father Juniper had made his last trip, not walking or riding on a mule, but undoubtedly in the arms of angels carrying his tired soul home where it would be refreshed for all eternity. The fruits of his labors are highlights on the map of California, aided by his instructions on irrigation and the oranges and fruits that I mentioned, and, and the city, San Diego, San Jose, Carmel, Monterey, San Francisco, are reminders that indeed all things are possible with God. Hundreds of years later, Father Sarah is still remembered. A statue of Father Juniper looking upwards while holding a raised crucifix stands in the nation's capitol building in Washington, and there is an interstate named after Father Juniper in California. And there's an international organization named the Sarah Club, which has as its purpose the recruitment and support for priests and the religious. And his work lives on. Father Francis Guest, OFM, director of the Santa Barbara Mission Archive Library, writes, He was a man who was not really interested in fame or in honor or being held in high regard. He was simply interested in doing his spiritual work. And if anybody else got the credit for it, he was not concerned one way or another. Junipero Serra was beatified by Pope John Paul II on September 25, 1988, on the road to sainthood. He could have spent his entire life in the comfort of his prestigious position as a college professor, but to spread the word of God, he limped his way across desert and over mountains and gave us proof positive that, with God's help, a man only five feet two, can look to the stars and touch them. This is Tom Shrewsbury with Reflections for the Covenant Network.